Hey everybody, welcome to the Super Super 8 Podcast. My name is Pat Lynch. It's a Saturday morning. This will probably get posted either immediately after the last one, or a little bit late. Um, it's the 9th of November, 2019. For those of you who have discovered this on another planet, in another year, in another galaxy... We do this thing called years. The Earth uh, moves around the sun, spins, does all this crazy stuff. It's on fire right now. I don't know if you knew. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyways, I don't know. I'm in a bit of a funk lately. Last couple days, um, I don't know. I've got some time to myself here, so... Um, and it's kind of weird because I just came back from a great trip from uh, New Orleans. And that's what I talked about in the last podcast. So the exciting part and the scary hurdle that I finally jumped over, and I don't know why it was so scary, just was, um, was taking my Super 8 camera through TSA. Um, it looks, I mean, I think it looks suggestive. I'm going to post a picture somewhere. I don't know. I don't have like a, I don't have a Facebook page yet. I don't think I'm that cool yet. I do have an Instagram, though, that I haven't, <laughs> I haven't posted anything on. Um, why? I don't know. Because at this point, I'm just kind of talking to myself. I haven't advertised this anywhere. Again, more procrastination. But I'm just going to go over my New Orleans trip. I don't have a an itinerary. of. Uh, I don't have show notes to uh, kind of go through today. But I know that I was talking about... Um, I'm going to turn this mic up a tad... You know, I was talking about, um, you know, checking my film through New Orleans, and it went relatively okay. Um, so, I take off from Boston. Boston, historically, at least for me, last couple times I've traveled, um, has been kind to me uh, with checking film, you know, 35mm rolls primarily, um, but that's re- and just cameras, but that's all I've shot with is just, that's all I've flown with, I should say, um, are um, film rolls and 35mm cameras of various sizes and types. Um, Never had an issue. Um, And for the most part, I have never, I've actually never, um, until this particular time with the Super 8 camera, I've never had to even take anything out of my bag. Um, And I I mean, the, the film I do, so I get it checked. I ask, you know, when you're being completely degraded and undressed you're taking your shoes off and you're taking your belt off and you're freaking out because people are yelling and and tsa's yelling at people who aren't taking things off of them and people who haven't taken laptops out of their bags and it's quite frankly at least for me personally it's the scariest part of it's the most nerve-wracking part of travel for me i don't know why um I've never had a problem before, although I don't fly very frequently. This year is actually the first time I've flown more than, like, once a year, if that. In the past, um, I've, you know, it's it's been very sporadic, but um, I've flown quite a bit this year. Quite a bit meaning, like, more than two or three times. Um, so, yeah, Boston's always cool with it. Uh, this time... Obviously, I had my all the cameras, all like three 35mm cameras, I don't know, I want to say seven or eight rolls of film, and maybe a bit more, I want to say. can't remember. Um, I took a picture, I'll actually post it in the um, Super 8 podcast, all the stuff that I traveled with. 
Um, it's a pretty crude picture. I just posted it on my personal Instagram, but uh, I guess that would be a good first post, right? Uh, for the Super Super 8 podcast. Um, I'm finding it hard to really... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm not going to go on a tangent. I'm fighting that urge. Um, yeah, but this is the first time I took my uh, Bronizo with a... This is also the first time I bought a roll of Ektachrome, which I might have mentioned in the past. Uh, Ektachrome 100D. I was really excited. Um, I just thought it's a little bit more expensive than, you know, your regular rolls of uh, color. Super 8, but I thought, you know what? Like, screw it. I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm in New Orleans. Let's do it. Like, let's just go all out. Spent the money. And then I also had a leftover roll of Tri-X. So, um, yeah. So the Ektachrome was in the camera. No, no, it wasn't. Nope, no, it wasn't. That's a lie. So both rolls were in their boxes sealed. And I just shoved them in the... I have like a Hunt's... Um, I have a... Cut that part out. I have a um, very nice, I shouldn't say it's very nice, it's just kind of like a reusable bag with a drawstring that I got from the camera store um, that is kind of uh, in the area that I live in. Out of breath. Take a break. So usually when I'm on a trip, it's, I can pack pretty light because it's probably only like under a week through four or five days or whatever, so I can pack everything in a carry-on and then I'll just you know, I'll have my backpack. In the backpack, I have a, I don't want to say reusable, but it's like a nicer plastic bag with like a drawstring on it that the camera store near where I live, um, you know, like when you ask for a bag, that's what they give you. So I've been putting my film in one of those, um, and then I'll just put that in my backpack, and then when I'm checking in, you know, getting undressed, and, you know, that's, oh, it's so, so anxiety-inducing. It's... Uh, just even just like when you're driving to the airport like my stomach is just it's like you know when you go to a job interview and you suck at job interviews and just suck at everything and you just feel like you're not worth a shit and you're like like oh my god like I don't know what's gonna happen and so uh, but every time I've asked to get film checked um, they've been nice about it or at least they you know they comply or they comply comply is not the right word but you know they're they're cool about it whatever and even if they're like ugh so I hand it to the guy and this has happened twice now and I'm embarrassed to admit it but you know so so I hand it to the guy he's just fine and it's gonna take a while because usually you're in a, like a you're in a line to go through the the body scanner but you're you know as stuff that gets hand checked is this kind of like just one person that hand checks stuff so if there's a couple people getting things hand checked there's only one person doing it doing the check so your stuff is kind of in a line itself so went through the body scanner fun fact every time i have to go through one of those i take everything out of my pockets i never bring a laptop with me um because uh, i just don't um i got my phone so like i do everything right but i always forget to take my watch off and it's a hybrid watch it's a, it's like semi-smart but I was like, oh, I went in and I was like, oh, God, and you put your hands over your head. And every single time I've done it and I forgot to take my watch off, like, nobody cares. So, fun fact. Um, I don't know, maybe it's because, like, the band isn't metal, just the centerpiece. I'm not sure. But, uh, or maybe just that top piece where your arms are doesn't really matter because they can see them. Whatever. Um, and it, people probably forget literally every day. So, um, they're probably just like, yeah, whatever, it's just a wash. So... Uh, this is the part that I was embarrassed about. Not that part, although that was embarrassing. So, you know, 
your stuff comes back out into the conveyor belt. You're frantically putting your shoes on, your belt on, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, because everybody's just like freaking out and scram, you know, scrambling and stuff like that. Um, my girlfriend's sitting over there. She's done because um, she went through like a couple before me, and she's just hanging out. And then of course, I get all my stuff, I grab my backpack, and I and I start walking away. And we get like, you know, down the hall. And I just went, oh my god, <laughs> I forgot my film. Like that's getting hand checked. This has happened twice now. And uh, and I walk, you know, I run back, and obviously it's it's not a big deal because they just hold it if you, you know, if it's been done. But it hadn't been, which had happened twice now. It's just you know, you just it's just a waiting game. So finally, somebody just like holds up the bag. This guy holds up the bag, and he's kind of like disgruntled. He's he's kind of your typical TSA agent. Um. And he's just like, this is, he just basically was just like, this is too much. Like, I can't, like, I'm not going to bother. So he just handed it to me. He didn't open up any of the rolls, from what I could tell. Uh, he might have, like, a couple times. But I think, that, you know, they have that look. It's it it's really scary because it's that stick with the ball at the end of it. I don't know what it is. I think it's to scan for, like, bomb dust or whatever, which is strange to me. But I, it's... It looks and it they extend it and they throw it out like a nightstick and I'm sure that's intentional because that in itself and how they are just so comfortable with flipping it in and out is just like scary to me. I don't know. It's kind of like state troopers. So like they, they I don't know. At least where I live, they say they the story is they modeled their uniform off of the the Nazi uniform, like the high boots and the you know hiring people over six whatever and just the way they stand and talk and that's kind of crazy to me. But I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I was told. But it's kind of like the same thing. We're just, the way they act and talk, I'm like, ah, I'm so afraid of these people. And they're they're never, I mean, some of them are nice. I can't say they're all bad, but it's just like, ah, they're just, they just, you know, can't they just hire some friendly people? Same thing at Border Patrol, going through Canada. I've been through Canada a couple times. And sometimes, the, at least the uh, coming back onto the American side, man, even up in Canada. I've heard crazy stories down south, but... You know, uh, even coming back in, they just, like, even if I've got nothing, you know, I'm not a bad person. I'm not trying to smuggle anything in or anything. It's just, they just make you feel like you've done something bad. And that's how I feel like going through TSA. Even though I've had relatively good experiences, but it's just like, ah, it's so nerve-wracking. I can't, I don't know why I'm stuck on that. It's just talking about this process so anyways he just goes like ah he just puts his arms up he's just like whatever so he flips his stick back in and he hands me the bag and i'm like all right and i walk back to to our stuff and i i look in the bag and he didn't even open up he didn't even open up the the super eight boxes they were sealed in their kodak boxes like he didn't even open them up i don't know if he went i don't know if they have like a little hand scanner there or something like that or if he just like took his little wand and did something with it but nothing you know he never even opened them up I was like, all right, I win. At least from what I could tell. So that was my, and I took, so the Super 8 camera, when I was going through Boston, I took it out of my, I had it kind of padded, lying on top of my clothes with some stuff on top of it to pad it uh, in my carry-on, and I took it out. Which is a pain because, you know, your bag's on the thing waiting to get rolled into the conveyor belt, and you're trying to open it up, and that's never a good, that's, that's never a good time. So anyways, that was fine. Um, the only time I'll ever send film, the only time I've ever sent film up to this point through a scanner is if it's already in a camera and I have no choice because it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go through the trouble of, uh, I don't know, trying to figure that out. 
and um, usually it's mostly just because I forget I've got like half a roll through a camera, and it's usually a pretty low ISO film, so I'm not that worried about it. Um, so yeah, Super 8 camera came out, they scanned it, it went through the conveyor belt with no cartridge in it, and nobody said a thing. Um, yeah, well I guess we'll go to the next segment here. Alright, so we get to our hotel, um, and it was my, so my girlfriend was going to a conference there. I've never been to New Orleans, mind you, and I'm super excited. Um, we clash a little bit, so she, so she likes to plan out, like, every single trip, like, hour for hour, and maybe not that intense, but it's like, if, you know, if we're going somewhere, like, yeah, like, we all, so this was pretty, the pretty, the most lax one we've had per se because she was just okay with like coming up with like a list of things to do and like we'll just you know when she gets out of her conference halfway through the day we'll just like figure out which ones we want to do so like cool but most of the time she likes to plan like okay so what are we going to do from this hour to this hour this you know it's, it's like ah that drives me nuts and i think perhaps i probably under plan and i show up in a place and i'm just like well shit now what do i want to do but it's New Orleans, so, I mean, there's, everything is new. Every, you can, I mean, just walking into the French Quarter is like a thing in itself, but there's a couple of uh, specific spots that I really want to see or experience. Um, Music-related spots of people that uh, have inspired me, my musical career, I want to visit some houses that I discovered, and I put a lot of work into actually figuring out where these houses were in terms of, like, where they used to live, stuff like that, so... Um, and spots where they had visited or worked at or played, you know, when they were in New Orleans. So that was really exciting. Um, so, like, that was on the list. And there's a couple other things. But, like, we came up with this big, long list of, like, you know, we'll see what we can hit. Um, why was I getting to that? Uh, I forget. Shit. So the first day we went, we we had a ghost tour. And by the time we got there, you know, it was and settled and stuff. It was it was. Like, the sun was going down, it was dark out, so I think I, I snapped, so I didn't take my Super 8 camera out with me the first day, because we were there, like, the second half of the day. Um, so she goes to, this, so the first, the next day after that, um, she went to her conference, and I just, you know, everything was just an open book for me, it was just like, you know, I'll go figure out something until she gets out, so walked, I actually found the hotel, I don't know if you guys have heard, it was kind of a national story, the hotel crane i think there the hard rock was building a on a hotel in, in the hotel district on canal street if anybody anybody knows new orleans it's the giant road you know like the giant strip of hotels and just you know random stores and whatnot well at one end of that is there was a hotel that was being built that it wasn't finished being built and the crane collapsed onto the hotel um some people died, and unfortunately, up to the recording of this podcast, uh, two two bodies are are still inside, um, which is super sad. Um, you know, those poor bastards. I don't know how many were killed. Um, aside from that, that they did recover. A bunch of people were injured. Um, but the thing is, is that they've blocked they blocked off Canal Street. You know, wall to wall for like a block or two it is the most insane thing because if anybody knows that area it's just 
you know, the hotel district in itself is just insane. Like, even, I mean, this was the beginning of November when we went. And, you know, it's quote-unquote off-season, I guess. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's just like, you know, what's the season? It's like Mardi Gras and just, I mean, I guess there probably isn't one. I don't know. I'm not too familiar with the seasons in New Orleans. It's already, it's always pretty, fairly warm there. Our driver was saying the lowest it ever gets tops is, uh, or bottoms, I should say, is like like low 40s, and that's on like a rare day, you know. So I imagine it's it gets down to like, you know, mid-50s, which is a-okay for New Englander like me. It was the most insane thing because I was just started walking down the. Sh- I just started walking down the street, and then all of a sudden you just see this giant fence that goes completely across the street, and this has been going on for weeks now. I think it's it's been over a week, maybe it's been close to two weeks, but it's it's insane because like all these businesses that have nothing to do with the hotel that arguably aren't even near the hotel. If it was to collapse, like the buildings that were closest to the fence probably wouldn't be affected it's just but they just had to close it down for safety reasons for liability i'm assuming but all these unsuspecting businesses just had to close and nobody's making money and contractors are getting sued and stuff it's it's insane and i just and so on the way there so i'm getting to my my long-winded story so on the way past a camera shop uh, I wanted to stop in to a couple of camera shops that were just around and conveniently on Canal Street. They weren't like the best camera shops, but you know, if you need to walk, go in there to you know get something, they'll, they'll have it. But it was nothing. It was nothing crazy, and it was kind of it was a little touristy. It's one of those places that does like a lot of other stuff, like they were selling watches, and there's a whole lot of carry-on bags and like luggage bags and stuff like that. So, and their section of like used stuff, um, it, you know, it was. They haven't gotten on that train yet. I'm ex- I've accepted that everything's going to come full, full circle and, and you know, ca- film cameras are going to dominate the camera store market again and camera stores are going to come back. How about that? I don't know. That's probably not true. But, um, so I walk in there and the guy, I was, I forget what I was looking for. I think I just wanted to go in and like maybe see, you know, when in Rome, you know, buy something. I don't know. But uh, it was the first thing I hit. Um on my travels and I saw a camera strap and I was just like bingo like that's what I need so no like I don't have any straps for any of my cameras and it was super pricey it's one of the ones that actually clicks into or screws into the uh, tripod mount and you you know wear it around your shoulder I was like oh that's cool like I could use this for anything everything I you know my super 8 camera and all my 35 millimeter cameras have um you know have tripod mounts all cameras have tripod mounts right except for your phone um so I was like, yeah, cool. So I overpaid. Clearly, I paid forty bucks for that, which uh, I'm sad about. But also, you know, what are you gonna do? You're paying for it's. Like, I call it the now price. It's like this is what you pay if you want it right now, which is sometimes what I do. I just walk into a place, and if I want it now, then I'm gonna pay for it. And then of course he tried to upsell me, and I kind of was like, yeah, okay. And he saw that I had the OM10. My girlfriend was actually commenting. It was funny. She said, you know, you're, I'm kind of jealous because you're getting... She gets a lot of comments on her dresses and stuff at, at work, which I think is a little weird. But um, eh, it's not weird. It's just some, sometimes you can tell which guys are, like, being complimentary and some that are just trying to be creepy and talk to her. Anyways, I digress. Um, she was saying, like, you know, you're getting more comments on your camera than I am on, like, boots. And she had a lot of comments on, like, her the particular pair of boots she was wearing or whatever which is kind of funny be and funny also because like the om10 
and I also don't have the, you know, it's not a fancy camera, and I also don't have the, the, um, the shutter speed, um, attachment to it, and the, t you know, so it's, it's, it's just an aperture priority, uh, mode camera, like, strictly, unless you want to use it in bulb mode, but if you don't have the attachment, it's like, that's, that's what you get. It's not a fancy camera, no frills, um, you know, I, all I had with me was the 50 and my 28, which are only two lenses that I have. It's not, by any means, the fanciest camera, or most featureful camera um, it could be. It's a pretty, you know, consumery type camera, but great camera nonetheless. But I kept getting comments on it, and I think it was just because it looked old. But, uh, you know, the, he's like, oh, it looks cool. So he started, he's like, oh, what is that, uh, Olympus? He's like, oh, you know, you want any lenses? I'm trying to get rid of some of this old stuff. So I was just like, hmm. But then I was thinking, you know, like, besides the 50 and the 28, like, what would I really want? Like, what what don't I have that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, unless he has something crazy wide, like, wider than a 28, I'm really not that interested. It's like, a 50 gets pretty close, and, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't even know the Olympus, the OM line, but I'm not interested in a zoom, and, you know, it's, if, and I also don't want to carry that around, but... You know, so he tried upselling me, and of course he had no idea what he had. So he's looking on the shelf, and I'm like standing there, and I'm just like, I just want the strap. But I'm indulging him, and, and he's just like, well, maybe we could use an adapter. And then he starts looking through his adapters, and I'm like, oh no. And then he found one, finally, after like 10 minutes of looking. And, and then he, and then he couldn't, he, it, you know, he pulled it out of the box, and it was in the wrong box, so it wasn't the right mount for the OM mount. And I'm like, I just want to go. I just want the strap, man. So then eventually finds one for um, Canon glass. Or, like, he, he had to put, like, two adapters together. He was really trying to sell me. You could tell. And I was just being a sucker standing there. So, like, he put he put it on my camera. And then, of course, he realized that, oh, yeah, that's what it was. He, he um, we couldn't find an OM mount adapter. So he found one that just screwed into the, um, the end of the lens. And my, I have a ND filter on it. And it's... Uh, excuse me, I have to sneeze. Oh, man. <coughs> that sneeze is brought to you by the Super Super 8 Podcast. So, of course, my ND filter, it looks fine, but it's just a little dented on the thread. Just a tiny bit, just the tiniest bit. Maybe not the tiniest bit, but like, we'll say 10 to 15% dented. Which is fine, it's not cracked, or it's not messing with the lens or anything. Like, the lens... Uh, the part that goes into the lens itself is totally fine. It's just the other part, you know, the thread on the other side. And of course, he's, so he finds one for that, for that thread. He finds a mount or a converter for that thread. Or whatever. I don't even know what he had, honestly. I just didn't even care. And he's just like, oh, so it's, you know, it's all, it's a little messed up. So he unscrewed it, and then he's screwing this giant cannon thing on the end of my 50. And I'm like, I'm looking through it. And he's like, well, you're not going to see what it looks like because it's, I'm like, what do you, I, I don't know, I, it just, I didn't know what he was trying to sell me, I honestly had, didn't understand what it was gonna do in terms of me, like, benefiting what I was, you know, trying to accomplish, and I never, you know, I just asked him what he had, and he was just trying to, I was just like, ah. so I, like, put it on my camera, and it's like a classic salesman tactic, right, like, if you touch it, and if you put it on your own camera, like, you feel a little bit more attached to it, like, it's like, it's the difference between looking at a car, and then, like, the salesman really wanting to put you in the car, because the minute you do that, you feel more ownership of it. It's kind of like looking at a camera through the glass, 
And then the salesman being like, oh, yeah, but, like, you wanted, like, try this thing out? Like, oh, yeah, like, just just hold it and, like, click it and, like, it feels so good, right? And, like, oh, I'll put this on. And it's, like, it's classic salesman tactic. If you touch a product, you're more likely to purchase it because you can see yourself using it. And it's just, like, that, there's just that caveman mentality of, like, it's got to be mine. It's mine. It's all mine. Halloween's over, I know. Um, so, yeah. So he did that, and... To my credit, I was just like, you know, man, like I'm just looking for the, I'm just looking for the, 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 the strap, and you could tell he was so pissed. He's just like, all right, whatever, and you know, I screwed it off and handed it to him, and then I uh, paid, and I was on my way. And that's when I found the hotel, and I was like, perfect. It was less than five minutes after I stopped at a trash can, ditched the box, popped the uh, strap on, cause I've <laughs> popped the. Uh, strap onto my LM10 because that was the biggest thing for me at least was like I wanted to be able to have two cameras out at once so my main rig for uh, I'm just like so my main rig for the trip was kind of like you know something on the strap and then my half frame camera in my hand at all times because most of my pants I know it's not the most classier ergonomical thing or probably safe thing with the camera to do but the half frame lens sits so far back um in the camera kind of that i don't have a problem like shoving it in a pocket like every single pair of pants that i have which are pretty stylish pair of pants i have i wear a lot of like dress pants or like chinos you know like slim fitting stuff not like super tight or anything but like either jeans or like chinos or something i'm i'm kind of like feels weird saying chinos because they're really just dress pants to me like they're just like slim fitting dress pants but i've learned that like you know if you go to like a kohl's or if you go to a department store and you look for like slim fitting like dockers or dress pants or something like it's they're not as classy looking like i don't like the the flowy like frumpy i don't know look of dress pants if i'm i know i gotta i work in an office and it's a pretty relaxed dress code like you can wear jeans and stuff but it just not my thing for work but, like, I was just like, oh, what's this thing? Like, you know, they call them chinos. I call them dress pants, whatever. But anyways, they're stretchy enough where I can fit my half-frame camera in my pocket. So, you know, when I had to go in somewhere, if I didn't need to hold, if I couldn't hold it for whatever reason, I need to hold something else, boom, in the pocket. Like, how crazy is that? Camera on the strap, half-frame in the pocket, like, mostly in my hand. It's got a little wrist strap, but that's it's not long enough where you can, like, take a picture of anything while it's on your wrist so i wasn't really using that i was just like hand holding it um and it's so tiny i mean it's tiny for a 35 millimeter camera it's so fun to shoot with um it's the fujik half if anybody's interested um i know i'm getting off topic here but five minutes later the first thing that i discovered was this hotel and i was walking around the block and i was talking to this guy i'm sorry so so you see it on the street on the fence and you're like wow that's crazy and then i was like I'm going to investigate some more. Went around the corner, and you can get another view of it. And then I kept going around, and you can get real close to it. Real close. And there was a group of people there congregating, and one of the guys who was actually working on the building, like, was there. And he was telling us this story about, you know, how it collapsed and stuff. And he's an electrician, now he's out of work. And I felt bad for him. He was literally walking around with his resume and folder. I was like, that's, you know, that's dedication right there. But he was saying, like, you know, it's... There are two people still up there, and the mayor wants to, uh, that wants the contractor to tear everything down, and they're gonna put a memorial there. I mean, that's um, for the 
for the the dead and the uh, in particular the uh, the two bodies that are still up there. Um, I keep wanting to say the two souls. That sounds more like if someone used to die on an airplane, which is also very creepy. But uh, I'm not gonna say that, even though I just did. But uh, yeah, there's still it's insane to me to think that they. It, it, like, the whole corner of the building had collapsed. I don't Like, the crane collapsed. The crane wasn't stabilized. So, like, the, the stretchy part of the crane that goes horizontal at the top, like, half of that was sheared off and, like, on the ground and in pieces. And then, of course, it fell on the corner of the building. So, you know, a whole, like, four or five floors on the very top of the building, I want to say maybe 10 to 15 stories up, it just crumbled. It looks like Play-Doh now. It's insane. But there's two people still up there. He's telling us this story and how the mayor wants to contractor take everything down destroy the building which is prop like not totally built but i would say more than 50 percent um the bottom floors were all built and i was snapping it was just like perfect like it was it's sad but at the same time it was kind of cool to be able to document multiple times over the course of the trip um i don't know it was kind of a weird thing and i was also trying to document people that were looking at the building as well So, that was that. Um, yeah, and then the rest of the trip was just, like, me walking around, and, you know. Um, most of it was just French Quarter stuff, ghost tours. Um, what else did we do? It, it's all kind of a blur, um, as you might imagine. So, I knew that I thought on Bourbon Street was, like, a public drinking area. But it turns out that, like, all of New Orleans is uh, public drinking. Like, it's, like, fair game for public drinking. And uh, I didn't know that until we showed up. And, um, uh, yeah, like, I just, I mean, the very first thing we did when we got off the plane hotel, then we did a ghost tour, and it was, like, a two-hour thing. And halfway in between, like, they basically said, here's your sticker, put it on your shirt somewhere, and then, um, you know, have have free two-for-one hurricanes at uh, this bar. So you can have one before we start, and then we're going to stop for a break halfway through, and then we'll continue. Uh, so we immediately walked into the bar, and before I even had a chance to open my mouth, my girlfriend was just like, yep, we'll have two each. I was like, ooh. So, yeah, you can imagine every, every day, well, not I shouldn't say every day, but uh, the second day that I was left to my own devices, or our third day there, um, I, I, you know, I was drinking pretty, pretty early in the day. Not like morning, but like early afternoon, like one thirty-two and a half-ish. Um, so yeah. Um, so here comes the disappointing part of this podcast and my overview of the trip is. I, so the third day, so the third day, which was our second last day there, was the first day I decided that I was, no, so the second day we were there, I don't know, I'm just kidding, uh, does it really matter which day? Um, I didn't, so my whole point is, blah, 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 just spit it out, man. Um, I didn't shoot through a whole roll of ectochrome. I didn't even get through half a roll. I was too nervous. Yes, I know, I know, I know. You can shut this off now if you want to. I know. But um, I'm here to share my failure. I don't know. That's all I can really tell you. I'm, I'm here to share my failure. Um, so I think the failure was that um, I 
probably I was just too nervous to bust it out and just walk through the streets with this thing. Um, I don't know. That sounds really silly, right? Like I'm I'm supposed to be the guy. I'm supposed to I've I've got this podcast that nobody's listening to right now, but eventually somebody's gonna find it. Eventually, somebody who's and then eventually, ten years down the road, somebody who actually shoots Super Eight is gonna find it and be like, okay, this is like the podcast, right? And then you know, you had this chance to be in this incredibly colorful city, arguably one of the most colorful cities in the states. And you had Ektachrome in your camera. Arguably, you know, color reproduction central going on in that cartridge, right? And then you, and then you, you know, you, you wussed out. What is wrong with you? I know, I know. I took a bit. I did take a bit. The first night that we were there after, you know, she got out, I did shoot some. And I think it was because my inhibitions were gone because we were drinking. So I busted it out and shooting some stuff. But, I don't know, I just, I was just too self-conscious. And then the second last day we were there, I did pull it out, but I didn't shoot much. And I also put it on my strap. And then the minute I did that, like, so before I did it, I was like, yeah, like, it's it fit in my bag. But I was like, I don't want to, it's very heavy. It's a very heavy camera. It's like carrying around, like, a you know, an old school, like, first decade of the 2000s, like, camcorder maybe or like not necessarily like a consumer camcorder like a prosumer like not giant you know enc like a news camera per se but somewhere in the middle you know what i mean like uh canon used to make these cameras i forget but you know it's heavy so you want in a bag but if it's in a bag and it's not easily accessible then you know you're not pulling it out so i put it on the strap and as i told you my manufactured fear of it already looks like a gun, and now it's on a strap, and it's black, and my strap is black, and I'm thinking people are think you know people think that I'm walking around with a gun around my shoulder because it looks like a gun strap. It looks like I'm carrying around a rifle or like something like that, and I was just paranoid people were thinking that. So like I shot a bit of it. I did shoot some, but I didn't go through a whole roll, and I'm so bummed because I thought I was just gonna be shooting it the whole time. And that's all I really wanted to do. And yeah, it, this is this is the failure part of the podcast, and it's painful, and I'm ripping the bandaid off. Um, yeah, um, I'm disappointed in myself. It was it was so warm out. It was like 70s the whole time, and then it hit like 80 the day we left. Ugh, it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous, kid. But I know, I know. If you'd like to unsubscribe now, feel free to do so. Um, yeah, that's that's really the part that I wanted to get to. We left. I was disappointed. I was very disappointed. Um, I shot more. I shot more still photography. I shot a lot of still photography than I did Super Eight. I got some shots though. I got some. Not all of it though. But, and I know you know they say with Super Eight, you know you're not shooting everything. It's not like a video camera where you can you know bust out two or three hours on a on a on a tape cassette or on a hard drive or an sd card it's not like that it's not meant for that it's you know just the highlights basically it forces you to do the highlights but like i should have blown through a roll in new orleans like we did so much stuff i was just too nervous i was too afraid i was too afraid i don't know what's the solution i need to figure this out i need to either get over my fear or or just buy some other kind of functional 
non-threatening looking camera. I mean, I just don't, I don't know. This, I mean, again, I'm either going to, if and when anybody has an opinion on this, um, you know, just, it's, I don't, it's either going to be understanding or like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, I would be nervous. Like, I don't know. I, and also, this is not a very popular camera model. So, like, I don't know anybody else who owns this. The the Braun Niso itself is a popular Super 8 camera, but it's usually the more simplified, like, standard Super 8 looking you know, just handheld thing. But it just looks, I don't know, I just can't get over the fact that it looks like a gun. It looks like a gun. It looks like a gun. I don't care what you say. It kind of looks like a gun. Um, so, fast forward. I'm sorry. It just, it is what it is. Uh, we'll take another break. Oh, I just want to plug our first sponsor here. It is the coffee mug that I'm drinking out of, which there's a Santa Claus on it. Um, he's skiing. It's like a cartoon Santa, and he's skiing. Um, that's that's who's sponsoring this, is the coffee in my mug and the Santa Claus on it. And I think that'll be more appropriate when it's not holiday season, and I don't ever, uh, ever consign to the fact that it's holiday season before December 1st. I refuse to be quote-unquote celebrating the holidays until then i know thanksgiving and all that jazz but like you know a couple years ago i walked into a hallmark store and it, in the middle of july and they had roped off it granted it was curtained off with a red velvet curtain around a section of a um aisle like the stuff that was on the shelf they had curtained off like you could still walk down the aisle and i looked underneath it like i could just peeked like i didn't touch it but and it was Christmas stuff. And, um, you know, just, uh, I'm going to pour a proverbial, uh, cup on the floor. Or I guess you don't want to spill a whole cup. You know, like, pour some on the curb for, you know, just the, the, the holiday mentality. It's like you ruin the mentality when you keep celebrating earlier and earlier and earlier. Thankfully, I don't listen to too, too much radio. But, um... When I'm in the car or wherever, but uh, I can imagine the Christmas music is just about starting to creep in. You know, mid-November is upon us. Ugh. But, um, what was I going with that? Um, yeah, I was just making up some kind of silly sponsor. So, leaving. Leaving. So, this is another fun fact. We just so happened to be in the transition period of... The MSY, well, at least that's their airport tag. The the New Orleans airport happened to be in transition. They had literally just opened up a completely new airport next to the old one. What? Crazy to me. So we came in on the old one, and we left in the new one. Crazy. Insane. Brand, I mean, I'm talking brand spanking new. Like, they just built it. It's not like a new wing of the old airport. It's not a new gateway or new terminal. It's, it's a completely different building. We got an email from the airline saying, like, you will not be leaving in the air, airport that you left, like, when you came in. Like, it's a completely different address. But we just happened to be in that transition period. It was crazy. I don't know what they're going to do with the old one. I'm not up on the news of the MSY airport. I, I don't know what's actually called the New Orleans airport. Insane. Crazy. It's about, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour away from the actual, like, center of, like, the, you know, the New Orleans, like French Quarter, Canal Street, all that stuff. It's it's a bit outside of the city, as most airports are. So anyways, 
So it was a whole new process. Uh, we made it there fine. Um, our Uber driver was insane, as some of them are, who get kind of pissed off when they pick you up and they're like, ah, oh, we're driving out there. Um, but, you know, he's getting paid, right? Most places now have just like a, a standardized, standardized like price. So if you're going to the airport from anywhere, it's like automatically like 40 or 50 bucks anyways. So it's like, you know, he's getting paid. Um, his windshield was cracked. I was like, ah. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? Like that happens. Like I've drawn around with a cracked windshield before. Like who cares? Why do I care? This car was clean. Uh, wasn't very talkative though. But neither are we. Again, tangent. So, get to the airport, and they have this te- this new thing where it's just kind of like, a lot of airports, it's like, you gotta, it's like a, a different security checkpoint for different terminals and gates, or mostly terminals, but this one, they were just like, no, every airline is on the same strip, like, every every gate is on the same strip, you go through one checkpoint, like, that's it, like, stupid simple, this is it. Granted, they didn't. They haven't completely finished the TSA checkpoint, so we were all going through just two like scanner conveyor belt things. And you could tell though that down the line they were starting to build the equipment for the other TSA uh, TSA you know check-ins. So we had to pretty much sit in a in a pretty long line, but it went fairly quick. We were only in the line for you know half an hour or so, which I've been told is like you know nothing at certain places, but. I could only imagine when they have all the TSA spots open, you know, the line would be absolutely down to nothing. So it's kind of like U-shaped, but you, you have access to all the U-shapes. So, you know, previously in a lot of other airports, you know, depending on, it's all luck of the draw, depending on where you're taking off from and who you're, and who you're using. You know, you, you might not have a Dunks, but you have a Starbucks, or you might have this fancy restaurant, but not like a gift shop, and it's kind of a pain in the ass, because you're like, well, I just want a friggin' coffee, and I don't have a place to get coffee, except for this place that sells magazines, and I don't really want to buy a coffee from that place, or, you know, maybe I just want to sit down and have breakfast somewhere, because it's 6 in the morning, 7 in the morning, 8 in the morning, and there's no place to have breakfast but this legal seafood, which had actually pretty good breakfast um, when we took off for Buffalo a couple weeks ago. And I roll on and on and on. Um, but yeah, I didn't get really get a look at the old one, except for when we were just about leaving to pick up our, our ride. Um, but it looked pretty it looked pretty fancy, but it was pretty run down in terms of just like some of the architecture and stuff. And I don't know if any of that has to do with just um, the age or maybe Katrina had affected it. Um, I'm still learning about how how affected uh, how far out Katrina actually affected. But anyways, um, they were just like, yeah, we're just opening a new one. So that was kind of fun. So, um, I, 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 I changed it up. I, so this is going to sound crazy to people too. I was just super nervous again and didn't take, so my mistake was didn't take my Super 8 camera out of my carry-on. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was I didn't ask to get the film hand checked. Yes. Again, pour one on the curb. I'm sorry. I'm just, I just get nervous. I don't know. Most of the film was 100, was like 50, 100, 200 ISO. Anyways, most of it. It was a 400. And then I think I had, mm, I had one roll of 3200 that I was half done with. It was in camera. So if anything, that might be the only roll that's, that gets screwed. So 
you know, pour one on the curb for that stuff. So, my mistake, not taking the Super 8 camera out of my carry-on. Uh, they scanned it, they immediately pulled it aside, and I was like, oh shit. Um, so the guy was just like, is this your bag? I was like, yeah. He's like, is that a camera? I was like, yeah, yes, yes it is. He's like, alright. So he wasn't the one hand-checking, so I had to wait there for like 20 minutes. Um, waiting for... Um, the person who's hand checking to check this lady's bag because she had a bunch of food and of course you know god forbid if you got food in your bag like you know they got to go through everything. they can rip your bag apart it's ridiculous but uh you know first world problems so ripped it apart um so they so she opened it up and she scolded me a little bit but she was kind of just she was nice about it she's just like yeah you know you got to take electronics out of your bag i was like yeah sorry and that was the only reason that i just hadn't taken it out of my bag but it was nerve-wracking sitting there and waiting for, like, close to half an hour before they even started checking it. And she checked it. She's like, this is the only thing in there? I was like, yeah, besides the clothes and stuff. Yeah, but, um, so she had to send it back through. So it got scanned twice. So it was kind of the equivalent of my ectochrome getting scanned twice. Because it never got scanned in, um, Boston. So, I mean... It's getting chillier. It's not chilly in here per se, but um, my coffee's getting cold, so. So yeah, they scanned it in the bag, and then she took it out, and she had to send it through the scanner again as per policy. She's just like, yeah, just check it when it comes, you know, just grab it when it comes back out on the conveyor belt. I was like, fine. And I didn't say it like that. I was super respectful. I'm always respectful, even when they probably perhaps don't deserve it, but, um, you know, you don't. What's the, I've, I've been hearing this phrase lately, like, you get more with honey than vinegar or whatever. It's like, you know, it's, be respectful, be nice, don't give the cops shit when they pull you over. You know, don't, don't give the TSA people shit, because they can screw up your life. Uh, <laughs> um, I've heard about crazy stories, you know, if you mouth off to them, they, you know, if somebody's in a bad mood, man, like, they'll pull you out and they'll, they'll bring you into a room and you'll miss your flight and stuff. I've heard some crazy stories. Um, have I ever seen any of that happen? No, but, like, it happens. Um, anyways. Same thing with Border Patrol, and I don't, I'm, I don't know why. They're just trying to do their jobs, but I swear to God, some of them are just trained, I think they're all trained to just be miserable. Like, they're trained to just, like, not be nice. And I'm not saying, like, they're per se miserable, but they're just, I think they're just trained to just be kind of, like, cold. I don't know what policy that would be, but I, and again, I'm, this is a, going a bit beyond my opinion status. I just noticed that, like, Border Patrol and TSA, like, a lot of times they're just kind of like, they, they all kind of act the same, and I think it's like a training thing. I don't know. But anyways, I've just noticed that they all kind of have the same personality in terms of, like, how they treat others, and they're not necessarily mean all the time, but they're just cold. And they've been doing this new thing. When we were in Boston and in New Orleans, where they make you... So at the end of the line, before you get to the TSA spot, they do this thing where they make you wait in front of a guy with a dog, and then once you walk past the dog, the guy walks the dog past your bag, and then he sits on the other side, and then the next group of people go, and they and then the dog comes back, and then he sniffs your bag while you roll it around. So we did that in Boston, and it was single file. It was like... One person went, and then you then you waited about five seconds, and then once that once you waited five seconds, then you could go, and so on and so forth. So this is a little silly. And then in in New Orleans, they did the same thing, but you had to walk in pairs. 
So I'm with my girlfriend, and they're like shoulder, shoulder to shoulder, you know, you know, finger length apart or whatever, you know, like shoulder to shoulder, and you got to walk together, walk past the dog, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like I, sh- I'm on, like I, ugh, ugh. like I'm, like they're just. Like, okay, the dog in Boston, like, one person, like, so the dog's sniffing your bag. And at first I thought, oh, they're just trying to train the dog. Fine. But I think it's, like, a new policy. But in New Orleans, it was different. It was the same. It was the same in terms of, like, you got to wait, and then you got to walk, and then the dog walks behind you, and the guy walks behind you, and you got to walk slow enough. And But, like, in New Orleans, it was, like, shoulder to shoulder. Like, you had to walk in pairs. Like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And everybody's looking at each other, and I'm like, they're just... They're just making this shit up. They're just making shit up now. They're just... Like, nobody knows what the hell they're doing over there. And it's it's like, what? It was shoulder to shoulder, and then, like, the dog's gonna walk... It's like, what? It, it already goes through a scanner. It already gets a... You know, if they and if they suspect anything, then they're hand-checking it, and they make you throw your bottles out, and they make you... Th- you know, it's like, you already can't bring stuff on. It goes through the scanner, and the scanner just obliterates it with x-rays. If you check your bag, it obliterates those for x-rays. And who knows what they do behind the scenes on check bags. We didn't have any check bags. But, like, a dog now. Like, a dog. we got to walk in pairs. Like, like it's like a, it's borderline like a dancing class. Like, I should, I'm qualified to do ballet now, like, the way they made us do it. I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? This is ridiculous. We're already degraded because we got to take our... Sh- we got to get undressed in a dirty airport. And it's not, like, physically dirty... Because it's brand new, so it's probably the cleanest airport I'll ever be in because it was brand new. But it's like people from all over the world, thousands and thousands of people are touching the same hand railing, touching the same floor, touching the same bins and stuff. And I'm not a huge germaphobe. I'm not a germaphobe at all, I would say, but I I tend to wash my hands more than the average person because I'm just aware of, hey, if I've touched a bunch of stuff that thousands of other people have touched... Who knows? Maybe I won't get sick if I wash my hands after this. Like, that's all it comes down to. But it's, it's like, like the dog, like, walking in pairs. Come on. But anyways, I was super nervous, so I, you know, I, I didn't do the bag thing and checked my, you know, I just wanted to get out of there. So I didn't pull the film out of the backpack. So, you know, I'm a failure of a photographer, I suppose. Um, that's really what it comes down to, right? I don't do the thing I'm supposed to do. Get on my pedestal and say, No! You must hand-check my film! And they've never gave me crap about it, but I just felt like, you know, like, everything's new here. Like, I'm not just, like, I'm, I mean, they're trained, you know, they're, they've been doing this forever. It's not like they're new TSA agents, per se, but I don't know. I just, I was too nervous. I was already freaking out because, you know, I'm, you know, you know the deal. I've already gone over it a thousand times. I've, I've regurgitated it and repeated myself now enough. We came back. I didn't shoot much in the airport. Um, you know, we ate and came back. And that was yesterday. No? Yes. No, two days ago now. Yeah. So, it is what it is. Uber driver was super pissed that, uh, you know, he had to drive out into the boonies. But uh, it is what it is. So, Boston has a new spot for, like, the ride sharing. So, you know, before you could just walk out the door get picked up and now it's you gotta walk through the maze of logan airport to get picked up and i was reading an article and i was kind of peeved about it and i don't fly enough to really really mind excuse me but somebody pointed out that yes it's a it's a walk through the airport just pick up you know an uber or a lyft or something but it's under a covered garage and before yes it was a short a very short walk like literally you could just walk outside of security and like the door's right there 
but you're outside, like in the elements. Like the, there's not there's nothing above you, so it's just, you're just getting rained on, or it's cold. You're cold, but you know you have to. It's kind of a pain, so you have to walk up an escalator, down a hallway, down another hallway, then down the elevator, and then out the garage, and then through the garage. You got to walk like a block or two. So if you've got you know if you just got to carry on a backpack, fine. It's not that big of a deal. It's it's a bit of a maze, but they have signs and arrows on the floor because they're you know people are dumb. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not that big of. A, but if you got a bunch of kids and you got carry-ons and you got checked luggage and you got a backpack on and a dog and a cat and a husband and a wife and grandma and she's in a wheelchair and she can walk but like she doesn't want to walk that far and she wants to get out so she's in a wheelchair and grandpa forgets his you know his wallet. And, um, you know, uh, Johnny has to pee and you're, you're just trying to get home and, you know, have, you know, have a beer and, uh, you know, you, you've, you've already called the Uber because you forgot that it wasn't right outside and he's waiting for you and he's pissed off now cause you're 20 minutes late cause you got to walk through the airport. Oh, and then you go down this elevator. So they make you go up an escalator and then down a hallway. Granted, it's one of those hallways with the moving floors you know you have sections so you, you get down pretty quick but then they send you to an elevator back down and this elevator is huge but you go inside of it and they do this thing where they're playing rainforest sounds and every time you hit a floor instead of like a bing, it's like this weird noise like a bell and people are looking around they're looking at me like what the hell is that is that your phone I'm like no that's just and then it gets to the f it gets to the correct floor and it like sings a song for you while the doors open and everybody's just baffled and they're looking around and it's like, do we really need this kind of entertainment? Do we really need to spend the money on entertaining us to go down four floors? Like, are people that miserable at the airport that they just, you know, they, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. People are just like baffled and I'm like, this guy looks at me and I was like, that's Logan. Uh, I mean, I'm straight up rainforest music. Just, just rainforest sounds. It's like I was in the rainforest cafe if you've ever been. But every time we hit a floor, it made this like enchanted sound, like it was not a harp, but like a like a, a like bells and chimes, like like every single floor. And then we hit the bottom floor, and it, I forget what sound it was, but when the doors opened, it like made this magical like like tinker bells and like fairies were gonna fly out and and take me to my home. I don't know. It was really weird. And then of course we went out into the rain, and we had just been in an air conditioned airport and a temperature controlled airport and i had just gotten done with four days of 60 70 80 degree weather and then you go out and just pissing rain and it's 40 degrees out and it's fucking miserable and uh yeah and everybody's trying to figure out how to you know how this new system works with the ride share and anyways uh so negative today again like i said i'm in a funk not because i'm not on vacation anymore i literally Came back, worked from home one day, which was Friday, and now I'm in a three-day vacation because it's Vets Day. Why am I complaining? I shouldn't be complaining. Um, but yeah, so that is my <laughs> that is my update. That's that's the updates I have. So um, back to film. Shall shall we talk about film now? Should we talk about film? Um, this is becoming a very long podcast. I apologize. Um, if anybody's still listening. So I've got over 13, 14, 15 roles to develop. And my girlfriend is a huge scrapbooker. So 
she really wants that stuff developed so we're gonna send it all in and um, she's gonna scrapbook the hell out of it um, she wants prints but I don't I enjoy scanning so I only like the the negatives although the lab is gonna do more better better talk English English um, so my point is is that they're they will and they will absolutely 100% make a better uh, scan than I will be able to make with my plus deck and my primitive knowledge of it um, but I enjoy doing it and also if I order prints for every single roll that I have it's going to cost an arm and a leg because it's a good job it's, it, it'll be perfect and if I get prints and scans but um, I kind of convinced her like we'll just get the negatives back and I'll scan because I enjoy it and uh, said no one ever it's not that I enjoy it. It's just, I don't know, it's just like a, an, an added thing that I can be doing. And it's also cheaper when I, you know, I get it when I just get the negatives back. So it's, I don't know, it's really more for a financial thing, I guess. And also because I don't know what kind of shots I took. What if I, I get scans for half of these things and I've been bitten before where I'm trying out a new camera or something screwed up. And I'm like, oh, these are all trash. Why did I do that? Um, but it's, it, it just gets expensive for trying to, if you're trying to send stuff in and it, you pay for what you get. It's like, it's a great scan. It's a great print, but I don't know. I'm like, well, uh, it's, it's not that, you know, it's, this is vacation stuff. So, you know, I hope a lot of the photos came out great, but like the scan that I will be able to produce will be good. Like it could be, it would be decent enough and it, it really determines if I, if my cameras were all good, like if everything was good, if something screwed up or my half frame is out of, out of focus because it's a zone focus and I'm still trying to figure it out, then, you know, so be it. Then I don't want to pay for scans and, and prints for, you know, 28 photos that are all just out of focus. Um, and you know, several that are decent. Um, I don't even know what my percentage would be. I'd, I'd like to know that because my percentages right now are not great for like, oh, there's maybe two photos in this role that I like. And not only that I like, but there are even less that were, you know, uh, that doesn't make any sense. There are six photos from this role that have turned out okay or decent or like usable. 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 And then there are maybe two out of that six that I'm like, oh, that was good. Like, because, you know, you, you, you take a roll, and you're like, nah, there's nothing in here. There's maybe one or two that I liked. And that's a great, that's, to me, that's a good percentage. Because, you know, it is what it is. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, prolific. I'm sure even the most prolific photographers and most famous photographers, you know, they wouldn't take a whole roll and be like, yeah, most of those are great. Um, you know, you, you pick and choose. And that's, that's, you know, you only put out what you feel is uh, worthy of your, of your talent. Um, but to have most of the pictures in that role, like not even like usable or like to, to me usable, um, that's, you know, that's not a great thing. And that's mostly my fault because I'm still trying to figure out how to use the half frame. And, you know, you literally can't see what you're focusing on. You got it zone. It's like, you just got to look and be like, I think that's six feet away and, you know, turn your lens to six and, uh, start shooting. And I've realized that my, my... My opinion on that or my uh, measurements in my head on that are off sometimes. And I obviously haven't, um, I haven't, uh, I don't, my turnaround times are pretty long in terms of me sending film in after I shoot stuff. So, you know, I either got to take a roll with extensive notes 
or you know figure it out on this trip i did do a couple where i'm like all right let's try to figure this out so i take out my olympus which is the um forget what kind of focusing it's called prism focused so you gotta you know line the circle up in the middle um it's a pretty standard thing but um i would i would focus on something from where i was sitting or standing which would take a bit of time and then I would look on the lens, what it said it was, I'd be, of course, inevitably surprised, and then pull out my half frame, set it to the same thing, snap a picture. So, that's helped. But it's still, it's that's very time-consuming. And with the half frame, my purpose, my use for it is, it's it's my running gun. It's my, it's my like, go-to when I'm just trying to snap photos. Like, cool things, street photography, stuff like that. Because it's, it's a low ISO... Um, camera like it's 200 and under it's like it goes from like 25 50 um 100 and 200 like that's it um and it's like that and it doesn't require a battery it's a tiny camera and because it's half frame instead of 36 you're shooting 72 pictures so it's like it's perfect for just like just taking pictures of random crap where like i can just pull it up to my face and like shoot a guy not literally but figuratively with the camera (laughs) Uh, or I guess literally with the camera, but like without him noticing, and it kind of looks cool and it's stylish, and I can shove it in a pocket, and it's it's just convenient for that purpose, and it's just perfect for daylight because obviously it's a low ISO camera, so it's just it's my running gun. But you know I kind of need to learn how to focus with it better. So um, where was I going with that? I don't remember. But oh, scanning. But yeah, so I'm going to get scans back. Uh, I haven't sent the film in yet. I need a mailer for it because there's a lot of film. Um, Yeah, and I still need to send in my 500T. Um, But again, uh, you know, a lot of money went towards bills. First of the month. So money is, you know, I can't be be buying and shooting and processing, uh, or I should say sending film in to get processed and especially you know super eight now so that's that's my hurdle that's my big hurdle like i'd mentioned previously um the big thing that i want to try to get done maybe for like christmas season or the winter season is try to figure out if i can uh sanely um without going insane process uh motion picture film or just like see how it goes see if i could even pull up anything usable buy like a, the cheapest roll of like black and white i can find and just shoot the crap out of it in a day you know, just spend a day just shooting, you know, three minutes, three minutes and 15 seconds, and then just process it. Um, I've heard loading Lomo tanks is kind of a hellish process if you don't know what you're doing, at least to begin with. And then obviously just, um, you know, all the chemicals and whatnot. And I've never processed any kind of film on my own, period. So, you know, there's that hurdle to get over, and I don't have any of the equipment. So that's 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 a stretch goal, um, but yes, the trip went well. That is the update. Um, I'm sorry it wasn't as exciting as um, it should have been, but uh, yeah, I'll shut up now because this is around an hour and three minutes here. Or, or uh, this is before I cut it down, but um, yeah. So uh, just keep in mind that uh, everything I've said here is probably wrong. So it doesn't matter anyways, and uh, except for all the stuff that I said that was true, and um, yeah, uh, just shoot (laughs) shoot more super eight than i've shot how about that